be wretched. Let's bring in uh, Greg Bedard of Boston oh. Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com after the Patriots. Wallop Cleveland today, 45-7. to Is the rookie quarterback the standout for you in this game, Greg? Absolutely. I thought Mac basically played a perfect game today. I think there were even a couple drops in there. And, you know, what stood out, and this is something that uh, I brought up on Felger and Mass, which uh, largely confused Felger um, and made his head, head explode, but uh, his, his difference between expected completion percentage and actual completion percentage, it had, for the first time all year, had it had gone into the negative range in the previous three games. What does he do after that? He answers with a plus 16.6, which is tops in the league right now, his season high by far. Mac completely rebounded this week, um, and that's that's a great sign for this team. Hey, Greg, can we talk about the offensive line, Trent Brown's return, and just the, the use of the misdirection today? I don't think the Browns saw it, and I think they struggle against big backs like they did against Pittsburgh a couple weeks back. Yeah, no question. The – Patriots probably saw what the uh, Steelers were able to do a little bit with double teams up front and, and a bit of power. Uh, the Patriots used a lot of that. That was the Browns aggressiveness or like lack of discipline up front uh, was, which was, it was something that was glaring on film coming into this game. I figured that the Patriots would be able to take advantage of it. Um, you know, whether it's Clowney or Miles Garrett, or even like Malik Jackson inside those guys just, a lot of them just do their own thing, and that's not good against a team that is getting more and more disciplined uh, by the week. I thought the offensive line was really good. I didn't see Mac Jones under a whole lot of pressure in this game. It was a surprise, I think, to everybody that the Patriots, not only did Trent Brown play as much as he did, uh, but that the odd man out, the guy who went to the bench, most people figured it would either be uh, Isaiah Wynn or Ted Karras. And what do you know? It was Michael Wenu who went to the bench. They left Ted Karras at left guard. They they basically said, Ted Karras is our best left guard right now over a Wenu. So we don't have a spot for you. And that was interesting, but it was effective. We'll have to watch the film to see if, if that held up. I think it did. And uh, it would be a surprise if they don't go that way moving forward. But you can never rule out that this, this was just a sort of a one-game tryout basis. Yeah, I mean, it did feel like that was a good mix. And, uh, you know, Joe brought it up earlier, too. Well, you know, if it doesn't work, maybe you go Brown at left tackle and then Owino back at right tackle? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that'll be an option. And and I think this is something that they're going to they're gonna tinker with and look at just about every week, Jim. I don't think they're – they're not afraid to make changes up there on the fly. And I, I think they'll just keep looking at it. Uh, I – Based on what we saw all training camp and what we saw to start this season, and then Trent, of course, we're not in practice right now, so we don't know what's going on. Trent Brown moving to left tackle would be a big surprise because he didn't, I don't think he played a snap there in training camp. And it's, that's not easy, especially for a big fellow like him who he's on an age, you know, I know, you know, Tony and everybody wants Trent Brown at left tackle. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries and a lot of uh, football played since he played there for the Patriots. And look, they gave Isaiah Wynn a fifth-year option for some reason. So as of right now, he's their left tackle. 
All right, Greg, I uh, want more of your thoughts on Mac Jones coming up here and uh, in the defense uh, as well. Toucher and Rich, morning 6 to 10 on the Sports Hub. And Joku slots right, a tight end covered by Duggar. Shotgun snap is back to Mayfield. He fires to the right, the pass is intercepted. Duggar has it. Down the left side, 30, to the 20, to the 15, 10, tight roping. It's stepping out of bounds at the Cleveland four-yard line. Nearly another pick six. But as it is, the Patriots are set up beautifully. Fantastic. Anticipation by Duggar, but it's boneheaded by the rock structure of Cleveland. They get two guys in the same spot. Mayfield gets it away where he's looking, and it gives the safety enough time to undercut this ball and set you up first and goal inside the 10. Interception there by Kyle Duggar and the Patriots 45-7 beat down to the Cleveland Browns at Gillette Stadium today. Avidia Bank and J.C. Jackson teamed up for Be a Champion for a Child to benefit the Boys and Girls Club of Metro West. New England defense forcing that one turnover today. So Avidia Bank donating $1,000 to help at-risk children. They have donated $17,000 so far this season. Avidia Bank, honest to goodness, member FDIC, member DIF. Again, Patriots winners 45-7 over Cleveland today, now 6-4 and four on the season. Jim Murray, Joe Murray, Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com. Going back to Mac Jones' uh, performance today and, uh, you know, the couple of touchdowns to Hunter Henry, the first one, too, which I thought was beautiful. Is this now, is Hunter Henry now becoming almost the the safety valve, the Ben Coates, the Julian Edelman type for Mac Jones over this, at least over this winning streak? Uh yeah, I mean, I would put him more in the Gronk category just because of the position and, you know, it's tough. I You know, I, I don't think he's exactly looking for Hunter Henry on uh, every single third down. Um, certainly he does, you know, he, the first one he hit, I thought that that whole drive, those three third downs were huge. If the Patriots have to punt there down 7 nothing, or are held to a field goal, uh, the game might change. I thought, I think a big key in this whole, winning streak this four game winning streak is that the Patriots have basically played every game on their terms that if they didn't grab the lead they were very close to the lead and and even I think it was Carolina they they had control of the game even though I think they were down a point for a while in the fourth quarter you felt like the game was theirs it was just a question of when they were going to take it um they haven't they haven't played from behind very often uh and that's what they need to do I, I think the Browns if Kevin Stefanski is ever smart and uh, I don't know, it looks like he took a bunch of dumb pills going into this game, especially after the first drive to like, you know, go Baker centric after that. I, I totally did not understand that. Uh, but the, the Browns, you see the difference in coaching and sort of the, the football IQ of the two teams, both of those teams really where they are right now, they're very similar in terms of how they're built and how they need to play to win games. Both teams need to – they're better with the lead. They're better with the running game being the focal point of the offense and, and the passing offense coming off that. And I think the you, you, the reason why the Patriots won the way they did is because they're, they're under no illusions. They know exactly who they are. They know that it's got to be the defense. It's got to be the running game. It's you know It will be a variety of things. They need timely plays out of the passing game, but they're not – they're not putting everything on Mac Jones where he has to win the game, where it looked like that's what Stefanski tried to do today with, with Baker Mayfield. And I think everybody except Kevin Stefanski and Baker Mayfield knew that was a bad approach. And so, you know, you got to give the, the Patriots credit for knowing exactly who they are, their strengths and weaknesses and playing to that. Yeah. And just adding to that, 
I don't understand what Stefanski was doing uh, after Johnson ran all the way down the field. They score on the fourth mm-hmm. down, which I give them credit for. It was a very nice play after Njoku literally lazy drop on that play before that. Yep. But then the Pats answer right away. Boom, on third downs, they convert, and all of a sudden they score. They went away from the running game. Like, mm-hmm. they literally ran it for six. Uh, one player ran it for 60 yards. And I don't Four think for 60. Saw, <laughs> then they never touched it after that. I know. He had, like, two more carries, I think, in the first half. I mean, it's just – it was mind-boggling, the, the the approach that they, they went with. And certainly the Patriots made a little bit of an adjustment. And, and a lot of this, you know, sometimes you wonder what these guys are thinking because I remember, you know, saying – on my podcast on I did a radio hit yesterday where I'm just like, look, the Patriots are going to try to stop the run. They're going to try to make Baker Mayfield beat them. And trust me, they don't think that he can. And that's what happened. And Stefanski just played into it. Like you have to anticipate what the Patriots are going to do. And you got to figure out what you're going to do, what, how you're going to counter that. And the, the Browns just never did that. And they just looked completely inept. That's a really good offensive line that Cleveland has. Yep. And so, you know, talk a bit about the defense. And again, Chris, uh, you know, Barmore, the game that he had, like, what'd you make of the defense today for the Patriots? Because I thought they they dominated a good old line. Yeah, I think I, you know, and I don't know if I was doing the math right, because, you know, me and math doesn't really work well. But I thought I had them at one point, you know, after the first drive, I think through the third quarter, I had something like the, the Browns for like 23 yards on 21 plays. And they were like, oh, for seven on third down. Uh, I thought I thought the the defense did an excellent job. I mean, I think they were just winning their battles up front. I do think after the first drive, I thought the Patriots sort of went a little bit read and react in the running game, and they just decided to attack the line of scrimmage. And they were like, it, it, "We're not afraid of Baker. If he if he makes a play on us, he makes a play on us. But we're not we're not too worried about that." And I thought they did a great job. They basically pitched a shutout. Mac Jones was basically perfect quarterback. The defense basically pitched a shutout a perfect game after the opening drive the running game was tremendous so was the offensive line I mean it was very very impressive and and I I sort of have been holding back and um I I would certainly do it again over what they've done in the previous three games I thought those were you know when you're talking about the Panthers uh you know the the Jets the uh, the Chargers, you're talking about teams that haven't sniffed the playoffs in years, that have neophyte quarterbacks and or head coaches. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And so if the Patriots beat them, that's great. You know, do they have talent? Yes. But, you know, this was a Browns team that went 11-5 and last year, won a playoff game, and had Kansas City on the ropes, the AFC representative in the Super Bowl, on their home field. So this was a real challenge. Yeah, they're a little bit different. Yes, they didn't have Nick Chubb. Completely a factor. And I think that was a factor in why the Patriots were so aggressive in the run defense. If Chubb was out there, I think things would have been a little bit different. But for the Patriots to go out there and dominate them like they did after basically the first drive, I couldn't be more impressed. I, I can't remember maybe the season opener against the Steelers in 2019 when, when the Patriots have dressed down a supposedly good team like this. It was that good. So with that, and you know how people are going to be crowing, I'm sure, and they should. They should feel good about this team right now with this game specifically in the four-game winning streak. Have the Patriots put the rest of the league on notice? Where where are they in your pecking order? Can they go on a real run, Greg? 
Yeah, Jim, I, you know, I try to avoid that because it's just, it's just pointless, but I'll say this. I, I now, I am much more of a believer now in this team than I was before this game. And we'll, from here on out, we'll take it each week. I'm not, I'm not looking at where they are in the landscape and who's playing well and who, cause you know, every week is different in the NFL. You know, you get stupid losses like the bills to the Jaguars last week. Does anybody not think the bills are better than the Jaguars? Are people really thinking like, Oh, well, you know, because the bills lost to the Jaguars. Now the Patriots are the best team in the AFC East. Like that might be true, but that, that loss isn't going to tell us anything. And, you know, a team is never as good as their best victory, like perhaps the Patriots today. And they're not as bad as their worst loss, in my opinion. And there's a long ways to go in the season. I mean, Patriots still have, what, seven games left? And they have a bye. They have a Thursday night game. Uh, I would not relax going into that Thursday night game in in Atlanta. I don't care what Atlanta did today. That's a tough chore for the Patriots against an offense that can get clicking. I like where they are. I like their chances. Um, now it's a week-to-week proposition on, you know, just how good they are. But there's no question they are on the upswing as a team. And I think the big thing for me today was the passing game in Mac Jones. Because, you know, of course, I'm hearing about a little bit on Twitter. Oh, rookie wall, huh? It was completely legitimate. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean he's going to stay in the rookie wall. Mac Jones got challenged. He knew he stunk the previous three weeks for him. And he was pissed off, and he went out there, and he changed it. And he was much better this week, and good for him. Yeah, it was a hell of a performance as the Patriots dominate Cleveland today, 45-7. to We have one more segment to go with uh, Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. We'll get some of your calls with Greg. A couple open lines you want to join us, 617-779-0985. More coming up here in the Safety Insurance. 98.5, the Sports Hub, Patriots Radio Network. Felger and Mass, afternoons on the sports hub. Stevenson, the rookie, the single back. Mac Jones again, audibleizing. He's got two receivers right, two left. Indicates hand signals down the line and hands to Stevenson. Runs through the middle for the cut right the 48. Cuts it back left across the 45. Yeah. He stays on his feet as Hill collared him down from behind at the 40 of Cleveland. Great job by Mac Jones on the third play call. They show blitz backside. He stops it. Checks to something else. They back out of the blitz. He goes easy, easy. Double pumps the fist. They run power right. 16-yard pickup. The rookie's killing him right now. Yeah, good day for Ramondre Stevenson on the ground. 20 carries for 100 yards. The Patriots 45-7 blowout win over the Cleveland Browns today. Time for the New England Ford Dealers rushing update. Today's rushing update brought to you by your New England Ford Dealers celebrating their Get Holiday Ready sales event with limited time offers from Ford, America's best-selling brand. Hurry in for the best selection to your New England Ford dealers. So as a team, Patriots rushed for 184 yards today on 34 carries, a couple of touchdowns, those two touchdowns from Ramondre Stevenson. This is the Shaw's Patriots postgame show. Jim Murray, Joe Murray, final segment here with Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal. Would you add uh, Ramondre Stevenson into, you know, the grouping of, you know, guys that look like hits in this year's rookie class, Greg? Yeah, he's he's certainly impressive. I mean, when he's out there and available, he looks like a franchise running back. I mean, what what he's going to do from here, what he's going to do next week, I don't know. Um, and I do know, I do know that there were some concerns, you know, behind the scenes about him just you know doing the things the right way, the way they want things to to be done. And I think that's part of the reason why uh, he was held out at times and and a healthy scratch. And hopefully lessons learned and he's all good to go because you know, when they have Harris and Stevenson both going, you have a little bit of a, 
you know, thunder and lightning type of thing there. And I think, uh, I think it's something to build off. And, and like we talked about in the earlier segment, the Patriots have to play a certain way. They can't be a one-dimensional offense. They're not, they're not talented enough uh, yet, especially with a neophyte quarterback, uh, to be able to play that way. They need to have good balance. They need to have good execution. And that's what they got today. Hey, Greg, uh, we were talking about this earlier, and one of the things we talked about every post game was the cohesion early on, right? The free agents that came in with some of the rookies. Mm-hmm. Mac Jones, Barmore, Stevenson, Awainu from a year uh, also. Um, who else you got? Kyle Duggar is making plays now. Uche. Um, even if we go back another draft class, Damian Harris, as you mentioned. Nikhil Harry's on the field. Jake Bailey's on the field. Are we starting to see the draft class now starting to make – impacts with the veterans and the free agents that they've signed yeah i you know i i don't really am i stretching a little bit there yeah i mean i don't i just don't judge rookies good or bad and until they've been in the league for a few years and you could tell one way or the other i mean look (laughs) mac jones you know had the best day of his career uh so did ramondre stevenson christian barmore is second on the team in quarterback pressures by far on this team entering this game a little quieter today but you know that's that's fine it, tough interior offensive line i'll be interested to watch the film um, and see how he did against those guys uh but there's no question that they're getting more contributions than they have in many years from rookies and they're gonna they're probably gonna need it uh but yeah you know the the young guys are doing well uh, they need to keep stacking success um because for young players in this league success can be fleeting and and oftentimes i remember mike mccarthy saying this and and uh, it's always held true uh dealing with success is one of the biggest indicators in in terms of being a success in the nfl uh you know because a lot of guys you know uh they want money they 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 hear things from their friends it changes them how how you deal with success is is a huge thing in a young player's career and so some of these guys are just testing it now. It, you know, they're going to taste it now. They're going to taste it after the season. Uh, and we'll have to see how they go from there. Uh, all right. Can you pull up line two, uh, Jeremy? I just froze up here. Go to Ryan. Uh, who wants to talk about uh, the defense. Go ahead, Ryan. You're next here on the Sean's Patriots postgame show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Great show. Um, just a great day. Uh, a nice game today. Uh, Murray, I stopped at Nova Farms. Great spot. You got to check it out. Yeah. Um, Great, great spot. It was a nice day of football. But I just wanted to hear your take on Judon. And uh, he seems like the engine on that defense seems like an impact player, um, really like the momentum shift. Um, was wondering if any other Patriots remind you of him. And finally, I was wondering if, Joe, are you still in your feelings about Bergeron and Twitter? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great win yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Matthew Judon what like, makes that defense go up front, in your opinion, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I do have – they're going to have to keep developing other people. They can't keep relying on – I mean, I, I just – because I, I, I graded the whole roster uh, for my column today, so I was going through my stats through the first nine games of the season, and uh, basically it was – you know, I as far as my stats, I had Judon for about 35 quarterback pressures. I had Barmore for about 23. And then the next closest guy was nine. Like wow. – uh, I am a little bit worried about the the good, smart offensive coordinator, head coach that, you know, when it comes to a postseason matchup or something like that, they say, whatever we're doing, we are not going to let Matthew Judon beat us. 
or we are going to take Christian, uh, take care of Christian Barmore in third and long, and we're going to have a plan for these guys, and we're going to eliminate them. Do the Patriots have enough pressure if those guys are shut down? I, I Those are the type of questions we'll be asking the closer we get to the postseason, but I, I think it's legitimate. I mean, to this point, they've basically been a two-man band as far as quarterback pressure, and you keep waiting for the team that's going to uh, sh- to, to shut down Judon. We haven't seen it yet. It will come. And what does that mean for the rest of the defense? I mean, but so far, so good, for sure. Uh, Matt and Braintree, you're next here in the Shaw's Patriots postgame show here with Greg Bedard. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, well, Greg, you're right. The first four games clearly don't matter. Um, I, I'm a Team Tom guy, and, you know, I really just wanted to see Belichick eat crap for a couple of years, and I just, <laughs> I just feel like the NFL is so awful. The coaches don't know what they're doing. These overhyped guys just, like, can't, like put it together and just like play a normal game and they're just always throwing up over themselves and you know Belichick isn't supposed to just do this well this year with the rookie QB and if you don't think the Patriots are going to be in the AFC championship with a bye week you haven't been paying attention for 20 years and it's just as a team Tom guy I'm just not I'm just I'm not doing good right now yeah Matt it was a was a rough day for the team Tomers uh, I am which I am and, you know and if you weren't paying attention they lost to the lowly Washington football team today and it's something so he it said on the call screener there Greg the NFL is down so the Patriots now have the second longest winning streak currently in the league it's Tennessee at six and then the Patriots at four so you know and they're they're separating themselves from the bad team so credit to coaching there and Belichick but you know and Joe and I were talking about it off the air earlier do you feel like this extra game has kind of like made the league really topsy-turvy this year like again you go back to that jacksonville game the loss for the bills like there's games you just don't see coming and maybe like i don't know that one game feels like such a like it's added so much more to to the to these teams and what they're thinking about like it just feels like it's a little crazier this year than normal yeah i do and i i think a lot of it has to do with you know all the covid stuff that we went through last year and just i i don't know i just think it it put everything into sort of a spin cycle. And I think it does, I think it does favor uh, the, the veteran coaches, the veteran coaching staffs, the guys who know what they're doing, the Brables, the Belichick's, you know, the Sean Payton's, you know, if he got any consistent quarterback play, um, you know, not so much Andy Reed, but you know, the, the league's going to when you're on top, the league's going to catch up to you at some point in time. I don't care who you are, and that's what we've seen with the Chiefs. But I agree. I think the 17-game schedule, like, it just – it's lengthened things out. I think I think teams are having a tough time figuring it out and, and the rhythm of some of these weeks and, 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 and things like that. But, um, you know, I like where the Patriots are. I'm still not going to – I understand the fans are going to do this. They're sitting at home watching all the games. I'm not, so – that's a good thing where I don't have to like look at the scoreboard all day long or fantasy teams. Uh, you know, I'm just watching the game in front of me and, you know, you just got to take each game by itself. Stop looking for meanings. And, and there's so much further to go. We haven't even gotten to Thanksgiving yet. Like now for some reason with this season and remember we talked coming in and my whole thing was about like, wh- how much does the first month even mean? And yeah. there was a lot of chatter about how a lot of coaches were taking that even further to six to eight games that they were that, that they were going to uh, get their guys honed into play less you know one less preseason game all that stuff uh, you know I, I'm to the point where like I'm not really looking to see what teams are formidable to the last like three or four weeks of the season 
up until then, anything can happen in any week. And that's sort of been the theme of this year with the with the NFL. I mean, look at the – I just looked up. Packers are 3 nothing at halftime with yeah. the Seahawks. I mean, is that a joke? No, it's crazy. <laughs> there, like, there's This is why I can credit to this coaching staff and how they've been building this over the last month because at least there's some continuity. The Titans have some continuity. You don't really see it throughout the league mm-hmm. this year at all. Look, Arizona's getting – crushed today by Carolina and Cam Newton who hasn't been on a football field since August. So, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Well, uh I know you got to uh, you got to run to your kids hockey game, Greg. Appreciate you taking the time. We'll talk to you uh Tuesday on Felger and Maz. Sounds good. Thanks guys. All right, thanks Greg. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, bostonsportsjournal.com.